one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Do you like bourbon? Do you like cocktails? I sure hope so. I love both of those things, and that is why you are going to love this episode of DeRussia Eats. It is the, I mean, what should we call this? The bourbon episode? Brown Town? I don't know. We've got two great guests for you on episode 14. Hi, it's Jason DeRussia. You are going to meet Luke Castle. Luke Castle, who worked in corporate real estate, was a loyal customer of one of the best liquor stores in the Twin Cities when it comes to bourbon and whiskey. And one day, Luke decided to buy the store. How did that come about? And what's the future when it comes to bourbon, chasing those kind of, you know, oh, bourbon hunters? I love you guys, but you're the worst. What's the future of that? Luke will get into that. His store is called Ace Spirits. And then Jesse Held, one of the godfathers of the craft cocktail scene in this city. Jesse has opened a distillery and a restaurant called Earl Giles. Jesse will talk about his journey. He has worked at some of the most interesting cocktail bars in the Twin Cities. And then he'll share what it's like to be working with his own daughters at Earl Giles. Two great guys talking about one of my favorite topics. Spirits, cocktails, bourbon. Get yourself a probably a two-finger pour and enjoy this episode number 14 of De Russia Eats. Well, let's talk to someone who runs a retail operation about these decisions. It is Thursday. It's time for De Russia Eats, and our guest today is the owner of Ace Spirits. And if you haven't heard of Ace Spirits, well, that's why Luke Castle is here to talk to you. It is in Hopkins, and it is a terrific, terrific liquor and wine store. And, Luke, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, We were talking a couple segments ago about the decision that uh, employees and businesses are making today where, you know, there's no snow falling today. You have high winds and cold temperatures. But I have been a little surprised to see so many restaurants and even grocery stores saying, you know what, we're just going to shut down. Mm -hmm. Is this employees saying we don't feel comfortable or we're worried about snow emergency and finding parking when we get home or what, what is it? Yeah, I think it's, you know, everybody's trying to take a look at safety and make sure that uh, everybody's getting home safe. Um, You know, which is good. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're always weighing the those choices this time of the year because it's obviously the busiest time of the year. For, it's a couple of days before Christmas. Yeah. It's go time. Yeah, we're slammed. It's great. You know, for for our business in the retail liquor world, I mean, we make a lot of our profit for the year in about six weeks. So to close early is a painful one, but if you have to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. Um, we run pretty lean, so and quite frankly, tonight I'll probably be the one working the till a little bit later and let some other people go home. So right. if you want to come see me, stop by and keep me warm. <laughs> we got whiskey open. <laughs> Luke, your background is not retail. Mm-hmm. It's not the spirits or wine industry. What is your background? Uh, my day job is still in the investment world, and uh, I still do that and enjoy it. Uh, I travel quite a bit. Um, Are you from here, from Minnesota? Yeah, I grew up in Redwood Falls, southwest Minnesota. Uh, Small town, 4,000 people if you're not familiar with it. But uh, grew up down there, went to school in Iowa, lived in uh, Milwaukee, lived in Chicago for a while, and 
I think I moved back here in like 2006. And what what made you buy? Because you didn't start Ace Spirits, but Correct, you, yeah. you you did come in and buy it. How long ago? Uh, it was March of last year, so it'll be two years here in uh, this coming March. What what made you say? I mean, a lot of us who love uh, wine or bourbon or gin have thought about, oh man, <laughs> it'd be so cool to own a liquor store. But then most of us wise up. <laughs> what what made you what made you say? You know what? I think I'd like to buy this. You know, anytime you could ruin a hobby by trying to make money at it, you should go ahead and do that, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've been a bourbon drinker and fan for a long time. Um, I've write I write for a blog called Bourbon Banter occasionally. Um, I've been a guest on some podcasts. Um, You're well known and well respected in the bourbon world, which I, I like sort of dip in and out of. I'm not as hardcore as most of the people in that world, but yeah, you shouldn't be. But it's again, it's a way to ruin a ruin a hobby. Exactly, is by getting super hardcore about it. But you really, you've been part of that world, so you really are like you're legit. Yeah, I try to be. You know, it's I don't have any designations other than uh, my preferred pronouns are Colonel. I was named a Kentucky Colonel last year for a group I'm part of. My wife won't call me that, but uh, you know, I I do what I can around it. You try, yeah. Yeah. No, we have some fun with it. Um, You know, I've been a fan back, you know, not that long ago, but long enough when. Cases of Pappy Van Winkle sat on the shelf. You could buy them all the time. I used to give the Pappy 20 away as thank you presents for business, you know, referrals and things like that. Right. So, you know, and now that's a You were buying it for, for 40 or 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. last time I, I mean, bought. At Haskell's, uh, the owner, years ago, I did a TV story about him, and he was talking about how Pappy used to sit on his shelf for 14 bucks. Nobody cared. Yeah, Nobody and, uh, cared. The distributors had to offer free goods to give it away. Hmm. They're like, hey, if you take this case of Pappy, we'll give you a case of, you know, whatever, some Jack right. Daniels, whatever. Something people it. really want. Yeah, exactly. And the retailers are like, oh, fine, we'll take it. Nobody's going to buy it. It's a $100 bourbon. Who cares about that? It's right. going to collect us. But, yeah, so for me, it was a, an evolution. Uh, I entertain a lot for my day job. So it was like, all right, why does this taste different than this other thing? And just got me curious. And I went down the rabbit hole, started writing for the blog, you know, seven, eight years ago. And then um, Louis Dacus was the original owner of Ace. Got to know him a bit, was a customer there. And when he sold it um, to another gentleman, he texted me that day, and I was like, well, I would have bought it. And kind of got the wheels spinning in my brain, like, well, would I ever? Am I just blowing smoke? And, uh, you know, here we are today, came back for sale, and uh, I bought it. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, We're having a lot of fun messing it up and fixing problems and, (laughs) you know, getting better at it every day. Luke Castle is the owner of Ace Spirits. It's in Hopkins right on Shady Oak Road, uh, not too far from downtown Hopkins, if you kind of know that area, right by Minnetonka and Hopkins. Uh, have you been, I mean, you've been sort of with the the rise in bourbon. Have you been surprised at just how crazy bourbon has, has become? Yeah, it's it's been wild. I wrote an article probably five years ago suggesting there might be a bubble in bourbon. Mm. And boy, was that wrong. I mean, it's only tripled since then. And um, it's exciting. I love it because, you know, part of the reason and the impetus for me to buy Ace was to continue to offer the things that I was spoiled to enjoy back when it sat on the shelf to other folks. Right. And so now, you know, getting to buy a lot of private barrels and make selections that, you know, other folks aren't seeing or getting access to, I bring nothing home. The only thing I take home from the store anymore are my picks. You know, when I go to a distillery and I buy an entire barrel of bourbon, uh, I might bring a few of those home, but um, any of the allocated you're bottles. Not br- you're not bringing home the Pappy or nah. the Weller or the uh, – Nah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that, like I said, that stuff used to sit on the shelf. Nobody cared. I gave it away as thank yous. I mean, it's very nice. good whiskey. I'm, I'm proud to be able to get it and offer it to folks. But, you know, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the education part of it. At Ace, we, we really try to educate. And as people come in, they're asking for those allocated things. So our goal is to, if we don't have it, which we rarely do, is to steer them to things they can get and enjoy. Right. Number one allocated whiskey that people ask you if you have. Uh, I mean, Pappy for sure, on a kind of annual basis, it's a a one-time-a-year annual release. On a daily basis, every single day, we get dozens of people calling, emailing, and stopping by the store looking for Blantons. Blantons? Yeah. Do you think it's because people love Blantons, or is it because of that horse Mm -hmm. on, on the stopper? I th- I think it's a good whiskey. It's I a think good it's whiskey. Spectacular marketing. It is. It's a great bottle. It is. I mean, it, the it's not my favorite whiskey. I'm going to be honest. It leans a little sweeter than I yep. tend to prefer. Yeah, but... everybody wants it. It's great. Um, you're 100 percent right. It's a slightly sweet whiskey. I prefer either. Uh, I I like cast strength, and I like a really high rye profile. I want a big spice bomb. I like high rye, too. Yeah, and I like getting kind of slapped in the face with it a little bit. Rye is spicy. What's interesting about bourbon, and some of you probably are like, we have, I have no idea what these two are talking about. (laughs) One thing that I find interesting about bourbon is that compared to gin, which gin I also love, gin can go from, just imagine a flavor profile, from very far juniper to absolutely on the other side of the world being floral or citrus or, you know, there's a huge, huge difference from one gin to the next. Bourbon to me is more about this narrower band where you really can dig in and enjoy those like individual differences from one to the next. Because the it, from one flavor profile to the other, you're still sort of in the same flavor. You know, mm-hmm. bourbon tastes like bourbon. No, you're 100% right. I mean, there's there's variation where, to me, where it can get interesting and you could kind of tell the difference is proof, you know, from yes. a standard on the shelf, like a Basil Hayden is, I think, 80 proof. So is that, like, if you were a, a newcomer to bourbon, is that, would you recommend people look at that proof number? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, for me, the I want a big punch in the face. I want, like, a really strong, high-proof deal, but... I think that would scare away most people that are... High proof would be like one... 130, 140. Yeah. The highest proof uh, rye I've ever tried uh, was actually out of a distillery in Wisconsin that was 177.5. Whoa. Um, most people... Nobody should drink that. It's... Uh, that's, <laughs> that, so proof, if you divide it in half, that's the percentage of Correct. alcohol. Yeah. So, so that's a crazy number. It's crazy high. That's a true unicorn. I don't even know how physically you could make that again without. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mistake barrel they forgot about. But, you know, to go back to that 80 proof entry level, Basil Hayden is a nice one. That mm-hmm. to me and Angel's Envy is another kind of entry level whiskey that a lot of people come to the spirit through. And yeah. then if they get curious and want to try some other things then they can experiment a little bit. Cool. Luke Castle is the owner of. Ace Spirits, which uh, one of the top liquor stores in the in the state when it comes to the bourbon uh, selection, but you have more than that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a couple questions. Your questions are welcome at 651-461-9226. You can text those in. Uh, best, your favorite bourbon around the $50 price point is one of the questions that have come in. And then we'll ask a little bit about kind of some of the favorite. Right now, all these lists are coming out of the best bourbons of the year, full of things that no normal person would ever be able to find. So you're going to give us a couple tips of 
things that you could find if you're lucky. It's <laughs> still even the easy to find stuff is tough to find in Bourbon right now. 418 to Russia Eats continues in just a minute on CCO. Derusha Eats talking about bourbon and spirits. It's a common gift this time of year. Luke Castle, the owner of Ace Spirits, is with us. Before we went uh, to break, one of our uh, fans on Instagram wanted to know uh, your favorite $50 bottle. That's Ben who wanted to know that. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your favorite? Uh, my go-to in that price range is an old Forester 1910. Oh, it's a few dollars more than 50. I think we have it for 54 right nowadays, um, but it is delicious. It's 93 proof. It hits all the notes of the bourbon range that you described. It's got yeah. the caramel and vanilla and all the sweet spots. Um, we hosted a um, an Old Forester tasting a few weeks ago um, where we raffled off the right to purchase our birthday bourbon. If you're, if you're not familiar with birthday bourbon, it's a very allocated, very hard-to-get bottle, and what we like to do at those events is open one so everybody gets to try it. Cool. And we tried the 1910 first and then the birthday bourbon, and um, I think 49 of the 50 people that were there preferred the 1910. Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's some of the magic because year to year it's going to be different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's different every year, and the beautiful thing about that is that 1910 is available at any time yeah. for a very reasonable price, um, and you could buy a lot of it if you want. Um, you could drive around to every store in the metro area and ask for a birthday bourbon and get laughed at all of them. For sure. You're not going to find one. Yeah. So that's one of the things we like to do is, you know, there are some highly allocated things that are worth that hype. Um, so allocated means that you get just a couple. Yeah. Zero or one or two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there are so many whiskeys that used to be widely available mm-hmm. and now they're allocated because the demand not just to the u.s but the demand all around the world for whiskey and it wi- bourbon specifically usually is aged for how long yeah, there's no standard there's requirement no standard. Yeah. um but you know five to seven years is kind of in the wheelhouse where most of these things get really good and are delicious i yeah. mean you could get a lot older um so it just takes a while if you want to ramp up production too bad you got to wait five to seven years yeah, it, but no, they started ramping up five to seven years ago. We should have enough by now, and we still don't. Correct. Yeah, I think part of it is demand. I mean, I think consumers are all over it. I mean, there, there's a the, the industry calls it a premiumization, where people are going away from you know your Windsors and your Canadian clubs, and they're going up. Just like people aren't drinking as much you know light beer, and they're drinking more craft beer. Yeah. Or you know, if it's not you know two buck chuck, maybe they're in the fifteen to twenty five dollar bottles of wine. So, and that's happened in whiskey. One of our texters asking about scotch. Mm-hmm. You're a scotch fan as well. Yes. yes. What are the differences between Highland, Lowland, and uh, Eastlay? Uh, Isla. Isla. Yeah. Like, uh, Eastlay. It's I-S-L-A-Y. Yeah, Isla. Yeah. Like, no, well, I'm glad you asked, texter, because clearly I don't know. Uh, there's a number of differences. Um, you know, like if you think if you equate it to wine, if you're a wine drinker, you know, there's different regions that produce different flavor styles. And Highland and Lowland are different. Um, they're typically less peated or less smoky. Mm-hmm. Um, and they a lot of times will use sherry casks to finish things. So you get a little sweetness that comes with that. Um, and a lot of bourbon uh, barrels as well. Um, Isla is well known for its peat. And peat is where the smoke comes from. That smoky flavor. It can so, be kind of wet, smoke yep. kind of tasting. Yeah. Uh, iodine. There's, yeah. A, there's a lot of different I like things. a little. I like a little of that. Too much peat. Mm. It could get a little heavy. And I equate it to, like, you know, craft beer folks. Some of some people just want a Coors Light. 
Some people like a hazy IPA. Some want, you know, these like crazy 90 BET or uh, BTs, whatever they're called, right. the, uh, that bitterness unit. Right. They just want hops for the sake of hops. The same is true with scotch. And, you know, it runs a gamut. It's all personal preference. Luke Castle is with us, uh, the owner of Ace Spirits and Hopkins. Uh, and you'll be open for people as they have their last-minute uh, needs over the next couple days, right? Yeah, we'll be open. We're going to be open 10 to 4 on Christmas Eve, so we're going to close early so everybody can get to their families. We'll be closed on Sunday. Hopefully traffic isn't too bad and you don't have to have anybody uh, gapping on their uh, right turns right. or any of the, <laughs> any other, of uh, yes, the uh, other, other traffic issues. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a debate we could have uh, for days and days. For I think sure, you right. could take that national. I think right. it would lead to some fights. But Everybody has the same problems, oh, yeah. I think. Um, cognac. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing more interest in cognac? Yeah, and it's a lot of um, bourbon folks like myself that have been at it for a long time and are not chasing that anymore. They're looking for other things that are along that line. Um, Armagnac is an offshoot of cognac, and that's one that's really exploding in popularity. Any recommendations for people if they're looking for that? Yeah, great question. Um, there's a Delord that's a 25-year-old Armagnac that's 90 bucks, and it's delicious. Great gift. Great gift. Yeah. Um, if you want something really wild, we just received um, – there's a Armagnac uh, that was selected by La Maison de Whiskey, which is a shop in Paris – and they selected five casks of Armagnac, and we're the only retailer in the state that has them, and only a handful of retailers in the country receive them. And they are stunning. They're delicious. If you want something that uh, your gift recipient will never see ever again and will be special to them for a long time, that's, that's on your it. list. Cool. Luke Castle, the store is called Ace Spirits and Hopkins. Another texter saying, uh, will it pot still? That's uh, their favorite $50. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Well, it's good. Uh, this texture, funny story. I tried to find Weller's Special Reserve Green Label for a bourbon-loving friend. Couldn't find it. Uh, while at the store, uh, an employee recommended Obtani, Obtanium? Obtanium. Obtanium, yep. I think, yep. Uh Light whiskey that had a hazmat label on it. Mm-hmm. So what is that light whiskey? What is that like? Light whiskey um, is... Just lighter in color? Lighter in color for sure, but it's made different than bourbon, and it typically has a much higher proof. So bourbon can't go into a barrel at over 125 proof. Again, we're getting a little nerdy inside baseball here, but um, light There's some rules about... Correct. ...the way you make bourbon, right? Yeah, and that obtanium um, is made by this company called MGP. Uh, They're in southern Indiana. They make a lot of other whiskey as well. And um, this, which is sort of controversial in the whiskey world, but I love. I think MGP makes great juice. Yeah, that's what we're enjoying right now. It's yeah. uh, you know MGP is uh, you know they, they used to be called Seagrams. They've been making whiskey for a hundred years. They're good at it. They're good at it's it. It's not all great, but some. It's of it just is. a lot of it gets labeled with some sort of regional story that really is just some investor who put their name on a label, and there it is. Yeah, I'm all which for I don't care. Totally. I'm all for transparency. Is it good or not? Exactly. Right. If it's good, that's all that matters. And there was a distiller that got in trouble over taking MGP, putting their name on it, and putting some cockamamie story about how it was their great-grandpappy's yeah, 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 yeah. special thing. It wasn't. Right. So it goes. So it goes. If yeah. you like it, drink it. Exactly. Luke Castle, Ace Spirits, go see him at Hopkins. Luke, are you glad you bought the liquor store? It's been a lot of fun. Yes. Cool. I'm glad you have a day job, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you, you came in and go see Luke and uh, go see your local liquor stores. It, uh, uh, they kind of keep the education and the excitement and all of that alive, so it's important to support that. Um, very much appreciated. We always have a number of bottles open to try. Which is kind of fun, right? Yes. The yeah. only way to learn is to try.
That's right. That's what I'm doing, people. I'm not drinking too much. I'm learning. It's education. <laughs> Luke Castle, thank you. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. Uh, nice to have you with us here on Drive Time with DeRussia. Every Thursday, we do DeRussia Eats, where we meet some of the interesting people in the local food and drink scene. And today, uh, we have a, a guy I feel like, Jesse Held, we've known each other for more than 10 years. Uh, startup Iron Bartender is when we first met. That was 2008? 2008, yeah. And that was, so you, let's give people uh, a sketch of your career. How much time do you have? (laughs) Right now, you have just opened Earl Giles. Correct. uh, Which, as a brand, has been around for a bit, but you just opened a just beautiful oasis of of a distillery, cocktail room, and a restaurant. So many plants in there. You feel, if you want to escape the winter, it feels like you've you've traveled somewhere. Yeah, I think we're, like I told you earlier, we're dubbing it as like the indoor patio. Uh, it's great. If, if you want to escape the, what's outside right now. Which you do. <laughs> which you do. Uh, yeah, we made it, uh, Jeff and I made it kind of the oasis, as you put it, yeah. uh, to get away from the Minnesota winter with all the plants and stuff, yeah. I always think of you as one of the original craft cocktail people in this town. We first met when you were running uh, a cocktail competition out of Bellanote. Yeah, oh my remember. gosh, yeah, yeah. I sort of miss Bellanote. <laughs> Do you though? It was, I mean, <laughs> it was the place uh, for a time. It was the it hot was spot. it was the place to be seen for sure. Yes, yeah. I was a peon at that time. I and st- now I've returned to peon status. <laughs> there was a time that maybe I was in the, the CMB scene crowd. Mm. But uh, it it was sort of like a little taste of a big city club restaurant. Yeah, it was. I mean, Bellanote was one of those places where, you know, Timberwolves games, uh, that's where everybody went pre and post game. Like that was the place to be to be and to be seen. And so how did you go from I mean, the reality is there there are a group of people who are in the bar scene in the late 2000s mm-hmm. who took, you know, our bar scene Great beer scene, but from cocktail perspective, it was a pretty, like it was your, Mm -hmm. you know, espresso martini, not the fancy version, the 2000s version. (laughs) It was vodka lemonade. I mean, if people were getting crazy, they'd order a Cosmo. Uh, To this sort of craft cocktail movement. That is a, a really easy story, and I can tell you exactly when it happened. Not when it happened, but how it happened. Uh, walking down East Lake Street, looking for a place to go have a bite and a drink. There is a small little diner called Town Talk Diner, and uh, wanted to check it out. Walked in there, uh, met Tim Niver for the first time, uh, Nick Kospich for the first time, saw what they were doing, and I wanted to do that with all my fiber in my body. That's what I wanted to do. And that that first interaction at Talent Talk Diner changed my whole career path, my whole everything. Jesse Held is with us. He's the uh, one of the owners of Earl Giles. Um, that bar, that restaurant also, like, was the first time I ever had, you know, more of a something beyond a Tom Collins mm-hmm. or a gin and tonic. And changed the way I looked at, at drinks and uh, the skill 
that a bartender brings, but also that hospitality touch. Town Talk was the sort of place that if you'd go, when Alyssa and I would show up, if there were two open seats, Nick or whoever was working the bar or Tim would ask people to get up so you could get two seats together. People would be like sharing appetite. Hey, you should try this. Yep. You'd be sharing stuff. It really felt like uh, it felt like home. It was a pretty, for me anyway, it was a singular experience. Uh, that's 100% accurate. I mean, that's, that was town talk in a nutshell. We wanted to make it feel like people's living room or, or their own place. Yeah. Um, and Nick and I have always joked around um, since town talk closed that both of us have been chasing that dream, yeah. chasing that feeling and chasing that lightning in the bottle that was there. Uh, at Town Talk. Why is it so hard to, to catch it? Well, I mean, for those of you who you've been in Town Talk, you know, I think the the ambience in Town Talk is unique as uh, on yeah. its own. And and the people that were there, I mean, the people that were there, Kim Tong, Tim Niver, Nick, uh, Tommy Bagnow. Uh, and you look at this crowd. I mean, like if you don't know who these names are that Jesse's talking about, you probably know these restaurants that these people now are running. Yeah, and I think uh, even like today, Mr. Paul, Miss, yeah, absolutely, All, All Saints, All Saints, Kim's. yeah. I mean, a lot of the bar programs and restaurants that are prominent nowadays, I, I promise you, there is a very thin layer of separation between them yeah. and Town Talk Diner. Jesse Held is with us. You uh, started. <laughs> well, you were hoping to open <laughs> Earl Giles uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, would you say? W- Your the, location is in northeast Minneapolis. Yes, right off of Broadway on Quincy Street, um, right across the street from Centro. Yep, and, near the Northrop King building. Yep, people know where that is. Yep. Uh, we actually were supposed to open the fall of 2020, and uh, clearly the world got sh- <laughs> turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shaken by the ankles, um, and that delayed everything for us, obviously. So we made it. I first encountered your brand, the Earl Giles brand, on a uh, ginger beer. Was that your first? That was uh, Jeff and I's first uh, splash into retail. And Jeff is? Jeff Urkula is Giles of Earl Giles. Uh, his middle name, Giles. My middle name, Earl. Put the two together. Bang. D- Dan, our producer, was expecting... Earl Giles to actually arrive with you. Oh, well, that would be, that would be a miracle. The way that it was written down on the sheet. The way I emailed Dan this morning made it seem like Jesse Held and uh, Earl Giles were coming in. Well, Earl Giles was he's actually an, was a real guy. Like that was Jeff's. You see, see, you've been wow. mocking me all day. That was Jeff's great grandfather. His name it was would be really. Re- it would be remarkable if he arrived in the studio. Though. I mean, it would be. I, I don't know when when the man yeah. died, but it, if he died, it would be. It would be remarkable. Yeah. In this building, it might not be that surprising <laughs> if someone showed up. Jesse Held is with us. Earl Giles has food, has uh, cocktails. I want to ask you sort of where you think we are when it comes to cocktails in the Twin Cities, what you found in the time you've opened, what people are gravitating to as we move into December and get closer to the holidays. I think people think about cocktails. Sure. Um, you know, since we've been open now for – going on what four months now solid four months um i've noticed that the classic cocktail is still king people still coming in ordering martinis daiquiris gimlets tom collins like still want that but they are looking for that nuance um and being that we have meaning what meaning like okay you can make a daiquiri but how can you make it different Hmm. or how can you elevate that different spirit different Different spirit uh, bitters Different. And instead of using fresh juice, we'll use a citrate. 
instead of using um, a syrup, we'll use an elixir. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different components now that we've all grown grown up now yeah. and have all this knowledge um, of how to make things better or sustainable or lessen the footprint or just making things an overall better product. Um, we're able to do these like nuanced things in a very traditional way to, t- to, to take a daiquiri or to take a Tom Collins and really turn it on its head a little bit and make it not what your grandmother used to drink, yeah. you know. There's a theory out there that there, when it comes to cocktails, there are really only, what, five or six cocktails and everything's sort of a riff on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Nick teaches the, the, the seven pillars. You know, the, there's seven pillar co- of, of the classic cocktail family, and everything else is a spinoff of those seven pillars. So that's, that's the, the, the mindset that we went into when we started developing, you know, everything that we're doing at Earl Giles is those seven pillars and then how do you make them nuance? What's your favorite cocktail? Of all time? Sure. A martini, a classic martini. Gin? Gin, always gin. Always gin, Jason. What uh, what, what vermouth? Uh, I prefer the Noli, the Noli Pratt, um, but the Dolene is very good as well. And we, Pip Hansen and I, uh, we did a blind tasting one day. We did 30 gins, blind tasted 30 gins. Picture that in your head for a hot oh second. <laughs> Pip Hansen was the bartender who started Marvel Bar. That's correct. Which also was, got really, maybe the most nationally prominent bar we've had here. Yeah, so we did a gin tasting, blind gin tasting. Someone set it up for us. That Fun. That was trying to find the perfect gin for the martini. For the martini. we both love the martini right. so much. And what was it? So we, oddly enough, I picked Tangeray. Tangeray? Tangeray. Was huh? my favorite gin for the martini. All right. So, what did Pip pick? Uh, I don't remember what Pip picked. I'm 30 gins later. I don't think I, I would didn't ever remember. remember. Much, yes. <laughs> I like Beef Eater, which is also yeah. like not a sexy gin at all. But we did it. Uh, we did I a blind. Like gonna, uh, it'd we, be fun to do a blind. Well. We did a blind test at the distillery with Arjun, uh, Beef Eater, and Bombay Sapphire, huh? and it is a mark remarkable. How different gins are. Like you think yeah. it's just all these pine cones. No, it's, it's so different. It's so different. Gin is the. I think when I think about gin, I think, whoa! Like the variation from one end of gin to the other is almost infinite. Yeah. Some are really floral. Some are really piney. Yeah. Some are almost like vodka, where they have not much going on at all. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it, it is interesting. You, see, you, see, you mentioned beef eater. Beef eater next to ours tasted like Fruit Loops almost. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. All right, good stuff. Jesse Held is with us. I want to know what his favorite bars to go to besides his own. Oof. And we'll talk about what they're up to for the holidays. Some different things that you can do to maybe spruce up your own uh, holiday cocktails for your parties. Stuff they're doing with Earl Giles. Derusha Eats on a Thursday continues in minutes on CCO. Jesse Held is the owner of Earl Giles. It's a distillery, great cocktails. You make your own spirits. Yes. So what are you making? Right now we're making vodka, gin, and rum. And then all of those cocktails that come from it. That's you correct. have a lot of it is on tap. Yes. We it's have. been interesting how that has really grown. I, and I love it. Um, is it as good as someone standing there shaking it for? It is. It, it, like if you were to put a blindfold on, yes, it is as good as something, someone sitting there shaking it or stirring it. Yeah. The, the thing that's, that obviously is missing from that part of the equation is the romance of bartending. For like, sure. You know, like that's why you sit at the bar, to see that and, right. to, and to feel that. But the trade-off is you get your drink fast. Consistent, fast, yeah. no, no waste. Well, yeah, and you can hire people, too. I mean, it's difficult to hire. It's difficult to hire, right? And that, I think, 
not knowing going into this, like that was part of the equation. Like it had the, the hiring ha- or the training, I should say, has been a lot easier because of that thing. Because it's basically pull the the mixer and pull the pull the uh, lever and add the spirit. Spirit. Boom. That's it. That's it. So you can get also one of the things the last time I, I was at Earl Giles, I had uh, I had a drink without any booze in it. Yeah. So the, the draft line was originally set up so people could get a cocktail if they wanted to or if they didn't want a cocktail to have the option to have a, yeah. a, an N.A. cocktail. So we have the ability to take, make everything coming off the faucet is a non-alcoholic. Spirit I, I had a tonic. Yeah. It's tonic. It's just tonic. It was delicious. I love your tonic. I do too. Awesome. I mean, Nick makes it, so I have to. I'm. Yeah. I think in my contract, I'm required to say <laughs> that I love the that you tonic. Love it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's really good. You have worked at some of the greatest bars in the Twin Cities. I've been very fortunate. Very fortunate. You worked. Uh, well, you, you tell everybody where have you worked? Oh my gosh, uh, Marvel Bar, Town Talk Diner, Eat Street Social. Uh, Parlor obviously is a baby of mine. Burrow's a baby of mine. Constantine, Manello, P.S. Steak. I mean, pretty great list. Great list. Where Could do you Where do you there. like to drink when you're not at work? Great question. I was thinking about this the whole break, um, and I gotta say, Meteor Bar. Meteor Bar. Meteor Bar. My 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 friends over there, Rob. So good. So so good over there. Rob and Tyler do such great work. Um, That's in North Minneapolis, right yeah. off of uh, 94 and Broadway. Yeah, it's a and it's great just bar. out of the downtown tax zone, so they can <laughs> yeah. they can charge you know 12 bucks for a daiquiri, and it includes the tax. Yep, because they don't have to pay you you as the guest don't have to pay the higher tax being it, the, it, That's the kind of bar that that you know we were talking about Town Talk Diner earlier. That bar reminds me, the feeling reminds me of that feeling when you walked in there. It's like everybody yeah. knows you. You walk in there, you feel important. Like it, it was just a really, it's a really cool vibe in there. And I love what they do over it there. It feels like a dive bar. It does. There's no pretension, but the cocktails are top yeah. notch. I mean, it's old stand up Franks. I mean, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you're old enough or been around long enough to remember stand up Franks, but. I know of it. It was oh before. Gosh. It was before me. Stand up Frank's was the kind of bar where you go order a Jack and Coke, and if you say, "Oh, there's too much Jack and there, need more Coke," they would kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kind of bar. Yeah. Jesse Held runs Earl Giles. Your kids work for you at Earl Giles. They do. That's the only time I get to see them is when they come <laughs> to work. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? I mean, I remember your kids when they were little. little. Yeah, it's. You know what? I was very uh, worried going into it. Um. You know, because of that, just that that stress of being the owner's yeah. daughter. Yeah. And they have been so awesome. They, they're they hard workers. You know, they take instruction well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great. It's been so, it's been so filling for, for me to have this thing come full circle and I'll be able to pass along all this uh, <laughs> industry knowledge to them. So, yeah. Oh, as a dad, though, to be... At the business that you've built after all these years and then yeah. to have your kids working there. It's great. Um, you know, when we first opened the very first day, um, I was gonna, I was putting on my bartender clothes. I was going to pull a shift behind the bar because I've always wanted to do that. And I had a moment where, a little breakdown moment where I was getting ready to get behind a bar that I own that has my name on the building and my daughters were working there, and that was it, it. It was a moment where I was like, 
that's what it's all about. So great. cool. All right, last question before we go. I know people are going to be thinking about cocktails holidays. and doing things for the holidays. You yes. guys are going to be selling some holiday packages. We, I actually just stocked the shelves yesterday at our gift shop. for. So we have some holiday cola, holiday tonic. Um, I'm going to put a couple recipes together for the holidays for people to, to, to follow and uh, be able to impress their friends as they come over for the holiday season. So people can go find you. Yes, come into the store. And we have all kinds of products. We have the spirits you can get, elixirs you can get, syrups you can get, tonics you can get, garnishes even. And, uh, you know, if you're nice enough, I'll, I'll make you one right, right then and there. <laughs> Earl Giles Restaurant and Distillery. It's open uh, right now, right? It is, right? Right. I'm late for my ship right now. <laughs> but you're open lunch through like 10 or 11 at night, depending on the day of the week. 11 to 10, uh, Tuesday through uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's uh, 11 to 11. Nice. 1325 Quincy Street, Northeast. Jesse, congratulations. Thank Thanks you, for friend. being with us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.